0: Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Fantasy Sports Today.
1: Hour number three on FST, Mike Blue and Joe Galena. Getting through it, talking NFL draft. We'll swing it back over to MLB in a minute. But um, since we kept keep getting into um, the players and the needs and everything else, and, and there is so much uh, content to cover for the NFL draft, you know, there's a lot of different angles, obviously. We're trying to figure out, first of all, for many of you, who the hell these players are, right? Um for those of you not intimately familiar with college football, it's, you know, what do you really know about Miles Sanders? Or uh, Emery mentioned Dexter Williams from Notre Dame. He's a guy that's like a top ten running back in this draft, but that might not – we might not see him pick till day three. You know, that's mm-hmm. – there's a lot of time that could go by before he's picked, but he could still be an impact player um, for a lot of the fantasy community has embraced that running backs don't matter. And I think to some extent that's true. It's, it's what's around you. Um, you know, one other thing that Emery said that, you know, the Miami thing, I, I totally would understand if Brian Flores is like, I don't want to work with Fitzpatrick as, like, my main option here. We're, we're going to, you know, what if we win, like, three games and then I'm out of here because mm-hmm. we, we had a 3-13 and 13 season like Steve Wilkes did. Well, I just think they have so many holes, the Dolphins do, Mm-hmm. that they really should move back. It doesn't mean they can't take a quarterback if they uh, obtain multiple picks. Like, maybe they end up with Daniel Jones because they're later in the first round or, or or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe they trade with the Steelers. The Steelers go up and take the linebacker, and then they're down at 20, and Drew Locke is there, and they take Drew Locke or they take Daniel Jones, whatever. The, it seems like there's going to be three or four quarterbacks taken, right? Hat uh, Murray, Haskins, Locke. Daniel Jones. That seems to be the top Mm -hmm. four. Throw Will Greer's name out there. I think he's likely second round. And then Ryan Finley as well from NC State. Those are probably the guys. But I've said this before. Even if you don't think Daniel Jones or, hell, Haskins or Locke are first round picks, they'll probably get drafted in the first round. Just like the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson. They'll move somebody will move back up into the first round to take one of these guys so that they have him on the fifth year. It's a big reason why why you see that kind of stuff. Getting an extra year out of a quarterback's contract is important for a couple of reasons. One, you're getting an extra year to evaluate him, right? Can kind of kick Mm. the can down the road like the Bucks and the Titans are doing right now with Jameis and, and Mariota respectively, the Jags did that to some extent with Vortles. Even though they probably didn't feel good about it, they gave him an extra year to see if maybe he can turn it around in year five. Right? That that first-round pick, having the fifth-year option, is really important for teams to continue to evaluate. And, by the way, if it's going well, you can extend him, but you don't have to. You can just exercise the fifth-year option – and it still won't be quite market value, right? So, mm-hmm. so that that's why you'll see probably a fourth quarterback get drafted. I I I'd imagine Jones, Haskins, Locke, and Murray all make it into the first round. I, I don't see a fifth one. I don't see Will Greer necessarily being a reach, but it wouldn't stun me if somebody really if teams traded back out of the early to mid second round to draft a quarterback. You know, if the Bengals mm-hmm. wanted to do something like that. If the Bengals passed or the Broncos passed with their original picks and then traded back into the end of the first round to take one of those guys, that seems to be a strategy that one of these teams can employ like the Ravens did last year with Lamar Jackson.
2: Yeah, it's possible and and you bring up the great point about having that fifth year as well in terms of you know sometimes maybe let's say you draft a quarterback thinking that uh his skill set would work best with one scheme or with one group of players uh, but the, you know you could take that year after year after year of building you know uh, players around that uh that quarterback that might help him to uh you know
1: progress so you brought up a very good point so um, as far as other, you know, other fantasy options, just you know, Josh Jacobs. That's good. the running backs is all going to matter where they go, right? We see impact impactful running backs that were not first round picks. We saw what happened with the Chiefs last year, Kareem Hunt. He wasn't a first round pick. He gets released. Then they bring in Damian Williams. He wasn't a first round pick, and he's fine. You know, every time, like mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. the offense is legit. Then it keeps going. Talk Your early, team, the Steelers. Yeah, <laughs> right. didn't matter. You know, then right? Yeah, you have a you have a good James scheme, Connor. you have a good offensive line. Yeah. God, the only I think the only pick I got right two years ago was that the Steelers were going to draft James Conner at some point, and it was like the third or fourth round when they got him, because um, I really thought they needed a guy like that, a guy that had some potential, and they could back up to Le'Veon Bell. I didn't suspect that he was going to be starting the entire year next last year, but uh, I didn't think Le'Veon Bell was playing all of the year. So anyway, um, so Josh Jacobs, you could see some other guys. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see if in this latest mock. Henderson. that I'm Daryl Henderson. Maybe Henderson. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, let me see some other guys in here. Miles Sanders. You know Devin Singletary, you Maybe. Him. Maybe. Ran a really slow time, which worried people. He ran like a four six right. six at the combine, which is brutal. Damian Harris, the other Alabama right. Mon- running back, that's a possibility. Montgomery right there. from Iowa State, maybe. Yes, David Montgomery. Maybe, yeah. mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, we're just rattling off these guys because of you know the possibility for them to be impactful fantasy players. I've mentioned JJr J. Right. J.J. Arcega- Montgomery Whiteside. catch the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. <clears throat> J J. Arcega-Whiteside is a guy that I mentioned a lot of mm-hmm. receiver. We see other guys like Miles Boykin, uh, Notre Dame, Nikhil Harry. We mentioned Debo Samuel from South Carolina. He could be an interesting slot receiver. Mm -hmm. So uh, A.J. Brown from Ole Miss, more productive than D.K. Metcalf. We mentioned Paris Campbell. Um, So these are the names that you're going to – Terry McLaurin from Ohio State. Uh, I'll name one or two more. Uh, Kahali Waring from San Diego State is a tight end that didn't start playing football until his senior year in high school. So he walked on at San Diego State, earned a scholarship, played a couple of years, and here he is in the NFL draft and considered to be a top five tight end. Um, and Andy Kelvin Isabella. Calvin Harmon from N- NC State, State, yes. And Andy mm-hmm. Isabella, who we mentioned in the previous one of the previous segments. He's going to be like a... a uh, he and Debo Samuel are going to be the slot receivers coming out of this draft that people will be enamored with. Maybe other guys get put into the slot, but that's interesting. Riley Ridley, Calvin's y- younger brother, will be uh, a potential impact wide receiver as well. So Hakeem Butler is the last name I'll mention. He's huge. Just six five. He ran a four four eight in this mock draft that I'm reading right here. It's uh, Todd McShay. He has him going to Carolina at 77, so early third, early-ish third, third round, early to mid third round. That would be pretty interesting. They just had mm-hmm. a huge wide receiver that didn't work out in Devin Funchess. That was a project Would they want to take on another project wide receiver. Um, but <laughs> they need somebody opposite, D.J. Moore. That would be an interesting choice right there. Um, Cam's completion percentage went up last year, but he was throwing so many Passes close to the line of scrimmage. CMC, C- too. Yeah. 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 So, anyway. Hey, what do are Steelers the Steelers do, by the way? Year.
2: Steelers are going to hit the defense, right? right? Do they look for uh, Antonio Brown replacement? And then they get uh, the, the kid they drafted the the last, uh, James Washington. No, not the first yeah. round. I know, but I'm saying, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think they hit, what, defense first, and then maybe eventually look for a uh, try to find another wide receiver. I mean, they've always been good at finding one.
1: <laughs> I think, yeah, they have been, certainly, for this decade they've been great at it but um i think they're gonna roll they signed dante moncrief yep so james
2: washington a year
1: older a little more yeah look you you can't spend a top you can't spend a second round pick on on a guy like james washington and not expect to be able to step in here and play he's not juju he's not the same type of player Mm but smith schuster's been a grand slam not just a home run that's a grand slam pick He's a second year Mm -hmm. in the league, and the guy's got 200 catches, and he's been awesome. He was the team MVP last year. So Mm -hmm. Dante Moncrief is a nice guy to have in there. I do think they add depth. Is it in the first two rounds? I'm not sure. But based on all those names I rattled off, and we just talked about Hakeem Butler being a third-round pick Mm -hmm. according to a recent mock draft, I could see them doing something then. Um, But I think linebackers really important for them. And if they don't get one of the two Devins, uh, I think you'll look, they'll look for some other options in round two or move around in round one or round two to get it. Um, so I, I, I just think that's such a glaring need that they'll have to address it. They can all. It's the back seven of the defense is what they're, they need to address mostly. I think they want it to be a linebacker, but if it was a different position, I think that would be okay as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I says. saw even saw where uh, they were, yeah yeah and I even saw uh, where eventually they uh, might want to uh, get a, a quarterback uh, to play on the other side of uh, Joe Hayden. Uh, so so somebody yeah Artie Burns uh, hasn't worked I forget out who yeah yeah I saw yeah. somebody uh, did a mock where uh, Byron Murphy from Washington uh, they took him in the first
1: round. I, I think that's entirely possible. Like, here's the yeah. here's their deal right now. They drafted Terrell Edmonds as a safety in the first round last year. Sean Davis, a safety, three years ago in the second round. Those are going to be the starting safeties, even though Davis has been a mixed bag. Uh, right mm-hmm. now, they have Joe Hayden <clears throat> there. They had <clears throat> they had Mike Hilton in the slot or, or as the nickel. He played okay. Bud Dupree is in there at $9 million, the first-round pick from 2015. I'd say, I think it's safe to say that that first-round pick has not worked out, but he's on the team for this year. If he is productive, maybe they give him an extension, but if he's looking for big money, he'll walk. He's only going to get an extension from the Steelers if he plays great and he doesn't demand big money. So he's likely Mm -hmm. to be his last year on the team. So that's why they could go outside linebacker or edge rusher um, at the position. They could. Like if Brian Burns from Florida State was there, they could do that um, as T.J. Watt and and others develop. But they they can't roll in with the middle linebacking core that they have right now. Vince Williams Mm -hmm. played fine. John Bostick was a liability. They signed Mark Barron. They just need... The back seven of the defense is, is what that first pick will be. I'd be stunned if it was anything else. I really would be. I'd be surprised. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah. As far as other teams are concerned, you know, we've seen uh, – I, I do think it it will be interesting in that I think we'll see some trades. I, I, I've i said this before. You know, the capping of the, of the rookie cap several years back was – the biggest offshoot of it was that teams weren't hamstrung by bad contracts for unproven rookies. That was the biggest offshoot. But the second – and, and the the biggest ancillary benefit was that it made the draft more fun Teams are willing to move and pay a price for guys mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, it's expensive to move up and down, but at least it's not expensive on your salary cap It's expensive in draft capital I think more and more teams are understanding that draft capital and having a lot of it is what's important so um, That's why the Raiders have acquired a bunch of picks That's why the Patriots and Eagles are looking staring down 12 picks. I think the Giants are as well so as as much as the Giants I, I don't appreciate what they've been doing at least they have a lot of picks to try to correct some of their previous mistakes but do you trust the guys mm-hmm. that are picking to to fill those holes right
2: right i think the Texans could be an interesting team that uh, might they have two second round picks right let's say if they trade yeah. uh one of their second rounders and their first then move up you know a little higher in let's say into the the teens or so because they really need a lot of offensive line help
1: right and there's they do uh, they could
2: you know, yeah, so. I think
1: they need volume. Mm-hmm. So you're right. They do have the ability to move up. So if they really see an offensive lineman that they like, they should move up and take him. But I think they need volume. I think they need multiple mm-hmm. offensive linemen. So I think those, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they could spend both second-round picks or they could spend a first and second-round pick on offensive line. And then, as Emery said, Will Fuller's injury history is, is so significant at this point yes in his career mm-hmm. <clears throat> that you can't consider him to be a reliable long-term option on your team. I think he's a really such talented It's a shame player. because him and Watson it is a shame. they really connected, you know? I mean, and who knows, he could explode this year and stay healthy. But again, mm-hmm. as a team, you have to be thinking well, this just keeps happening. Uh we can't we can't rely on him. He's a first-round pick and he just keeps getting injured. So um so there you go that's it I mean I'm excited about the draft hopefully you all are too we're going to do a ton of coverage on it not just on Thursday night but in the days succeeding preceding and succeeding that Um, but it should be a good time on uh, next Thursday so um, I know a lot of you are holding your breath and you get excited this time of year but it should be wild a couple of years ago we didn't expect the Bears to move up and take Trubisky but they spent a ton on him and I'm not a st- I'm still not a big believer in trubisky, but he's in a great offensive system. They've got a lot of weapons. <clears throat> they made the playoffs they could have had a playoff win uh, save for a tipped field goal and that really yeah <laughs> the Bears season ended on such a sour note that it threw cold water on what was an overall successful season. If the Bears had just come out of that game with the field goal made, you, everything else was gravy. It just ended on a really bitter note. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're known, what, for their defense at this stage,
2: right? And uh, uh, they've made some interesting moves. Jordan Howard replaced him with Mike Davis. Uh, Wide receivers, Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, uh, like you mentioned, Trubisky a year older. It would be an interesting team to watch. I mean, obviously driven by that defense, but got to score some points too and like you mentioned, that uh, just climbed off the uh, the that field goal. It would have been a different story. We...
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and they're rolling like, uh, right now with Tariq Cohen. He's their lead back. So the Bears could see if he'll be drafting somebody in the middle rounds here too. Um, yeah. Don't count out Mike Davis, though. No, I know. You can't count him out. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into uh, – so, yeah, the Pats and the Eagles have the most picks. They're looking at 12 picks. and Beyond that, you got some teams like the Cardinals with 10 picks and the Bengals with 11. A lot of maneuvering to be done. We're going to come right back. We'll turn it
0: back over to baseball after this. It's Mike and Joe on FST.
1: Back on FST, headed towards eleven o'clock. George Kurtz and Cam Stewart will be on with the weekend fantasy update in this league. After that, Bogman and, and uh, Welsh and the Bogman, Welsh and Bogman, Bogman and the Welsh. Hey, I just messed that up. So, <laughs> that's my bad, guys. So, uh, just a little bit of news that you may have heard uh, this week that we came out. With a big announcement. Uh, we will be launching Sports Grid, which is the name of our parent company, will be launching a 24 hour sports betting network. Uh, we are partnering with Sports Radar. So, Sport Radar and Sports Grid announced an ambitious new programming partnership. <clears throat> this is all, by the way, courtesy of Legal Sports Report. I'm just reading their report on it. In the overlap between sports and gambling, the joint venture will include around the clock sports betting content broadcast via a proprietary platform. So, The partnership marries sports radars, ad tech, OTT technology and data with sports grids, engaging original programming, providing fans with accurate coverage and analysis of stats and odds across professional sports. So our president, Lou Mayon. Called the sports radar deal game-changing for our company. And this partnership showcases our combined vision of delivering the true convergence of content, data, and gaming to the millions of sports fans craving this informative and entertaining programming. Joining forces with sports ra- sport radar instantly affords sports grid with the ability to provide unquestionable best-of-breed sports wagering programming. So... There you go. So we're going to be in the competition like everybody else. It's going to be the first 24-hour free sports betting network. So um, in that sense, we're going to be all right. We're going to be able to find us on all these platforms. Uh, It's going to be coming out at some point this year. I don't have dates or anything like that, but It should be pretty cool, and if you want to take a look at it, uh, feel free to get on uh, our Twitter feed at FNTSY Radio or do some searching, and you'll see a little bit about what they're going to bring to the table. So there's going to be a lot of data that Sport Radar is able to mine. Combine it with our programming, our hosts, uh, and you'll see a sports betting network. Uh, Frankly, I don't think there's been discussions as to exactly who's going to be on that yet. You may see us. You may see other people. uh, But we'll still also maintain the Fantasy Sports Radio and bringing you the fantasy sports information that you need. What I'm looking forward to is it's going to make us better at what we do, Mike,
2: because like you mentioned, we're getting that data from uh, Sports Radar, so uh, that, I'm really looking forward to that as well.
1: Yeah, being a big uh, Sport Radar, mm-hmm. a really big company, really big data, sport data company, I, I've been familiar with them for a long time, so I can tell you it's a company that uh, anybody would be excited to be uh, associated with, so uh, good stuff there. Um, back to baseball. Uh, we talked a lot of football here today. Obviously, that's in part because almost entirely due to the fact that we have the NFL draft coming up. But uh, MLB. So other stories that happened uh, most recently. I'm seeing Shohei Otani is, is starting to throw now. I think you'll, you'll start to see him get back into the swing of things. What is an expectation for when Otani's is going to come back?
2: Uh, I think they had always said it would be... uh Like early to mid May, but I I, I was watching some video where he was actually uh, in the batting cage yesterday, and uh, you know everyone's so psyched about it that even you know Statcast was uh, measuring his exit velocity and whatnot. He hit at least one ball into the into the stands, and if there's one thing, I mean obviously he's exciting to watch as a pitcher, but just his uh, potential as a as a as a hitter. uh, If you look at his stats, they were (laughs) very very good, and uh, you know with the uh configuration of the, the angels man they could really use his bat in the lineup every day, so
1: it's, it's exciting a for lot baseball more than just him, I think so yeah, uh, but it helps yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, no you're right, um you know they're currently mm-hmm. eight and twelve uh bringing up the rear, but the Red Sox have the worst record in the American league oh my. so uh, at seven and thirteen along with the Royals uh so they're struggling obviously uh, you know early season blues. Uh, World Series hangover, call it what you will. Uh, the only team worse than the Sox right now are the Marlins at five and fifteen. So they got some work to do, but there's a long way to go. We're not even at the end of April. They're seven games mm-hmm. back of the Rays. The Yankees are four and a half back of the Rays. The Rays are at fourteen and six. Rays are playing seven hundred ball. I think the Rays are real. But, you know, I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but they're the best record in Major uh, they are. right now
2: yeah yeah uh there will be a in my opinion a force to be reckoned with for the rest of the year
1: yeah they're not gonna go uh, well. <laughs> no, i don't think so either so mm-hmm. uh r- news related to my fantasy team kyle Hendricks got a win last night uh cubs get the win over the d-backs last night the d-backs added blake swire swire in a trade with the red sox yesterday by the way so uh Just a quick note there on the Diamondbacks. But Kyle Hendricks comes in, throws seven innings. We're talking about guys not throwing a lot of innings. Seven innings, three hits, no runs, two walks and 11 Ks. That's the Kyle Hendricks that I drafted, Joe. Absolutely. Uh, He's always been a guy
2: that has uh, put good uh, numbers ERA whip-wise, not really a strikeout pitcher. But just in general, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, the – Cubs starting pitching has been uh, pitching well. I think they have, they're have they on a 16-winning streak, and during that streak, the uh, Cubs starters have an ERA uh, below one. So overall, uh, Jose Quintana's been pitching better. Uh, John Lester's on the IL, but he's close to coming back. So uh, we'll see what happens with the Cubbies uh, moving forward. That's a tough division, too, that uh, that uh, NL no Central. The uh, Cubbies is a 9-9, yeah. Nine and nine. yeah.
1: Yeah, Pedro Strop, uh, he gets the save last night, his second of the year. Chris Bryant with a couple of RBIs last night. Two for four, runs scored, and the two ribbies. Hitting two thirty-five. but see, hopefully he can pick those RBI numbers up. That's eighth on the season. Contreras, another RBI, his 13th, and Rizzo with an RBI, uh, his 11th of the season. Ave Baez, 0 for 5 last night, so that's a tough one. Uh, on the Diamondback side of things, Uh, Kelly takes the loss last night. Merrill Kelly takes the loss. He is (laughs) one of two on the season, six hits, three earned runs, seven walks in three and two-thirds innings, Joe. Yeah, you're not going to win when you do that. And I, I chuckled because I,
2: I thought back to – I was watching the uh, highlights of this game. The winds were whipping all over the place. And oh, uh, really? at, at one point uh, – yeah, yeah. There was a short pop-up uh, to uh, just uh, beyond second base, and you had the winds whipping, and and there were four uh, Diamondbacks just watching the ball because they didn't know who should – you know, who should get it because uh, it, it just dropped in in, in in between them. But, yeah, uh, Kelly is a guy. I think he uh, came over from, from the uh, Korean Baseball League, right? And uh, everyone was hoping that he'd be the next Miles Mikulis. And, look, the, he still might have, uh, you know, some, some good starts in him. But, uh, yeah, you're not going to win when you don't have
1: control like that. That's uh, not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So um, on the hitting side of things, they only knocked in one run. That RBI goes to Danny Peralta and Walker, two for four, Kettle Marte, two for four. So uh, that's it for that game. Uh, Flip the page over to the Red Sox, who got a win over the race last night. We talked about both of those teams already. Uh, Let's see. Home run for on the race side of things. Home run for Brandon Lowe. He goes one for four with an RBI. Diaz He's coming goes, on that kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yandy Diaz, two for yeah. four, uh, batting leadoff, a two for three last night. He's a run scored last night. Uh, let's see who else. Avisail Garcia hit a bomb last night. A bomb. Just. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it? Oh, wait. No, I'm, I was looking. I'm sorry. I was looking at a different highlight. He's one for four with an RBI. He did not hit a home run. That's fine. I'll ball. tell you, uh, two 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 bombs last night. One was Trevor Story.
2: And uh, one was a guy that I know you own in our league, and everyone was uh, trying to trade take him from you, tr- trade you for him. Is Johan Mancada? Hit it.
1: Yeah, where the hell would uh, I trade bombed. that guy? The second I traded him, everybody's like, "I'll give you uh, what do you want from Mancada?" I'm like, "No." The whole reason I drafted him is because I'm expecting this. Right, right.
2: right? And he's lowered his strikeouts. Yeah, he, he's uh, you know he's having a very good year. Uh, and look, the guy just uh, you know I know we're going off because you were talking about a different game, but Mancada. That's okay. Uh, just. Yeah, just having a phenomenal year, and to me, the biggest thing, like I mentioned, is uh, I think at this point in his uh, year last year, last season, he had 35 strikeouts. He's cut that down to 20, so that's a good sign because that's always been – I think he led the league with 217 strikeouts last season. So, yeah, that's uh, rough. He, uh, un- was- underlying good talent, and, and uh, it's good to see him getting things going in the right direction. So yeah, hold on to him, so uh, but if you want to trade him – if you want to trade him, talk to me first. <laughs> sure.
1: Six homers, 18 RBIs, 321. Don't hold your breath waiting for the trade offers uh, to, to uh, unload Moncada. Uh, even if the, cri- the strikeouts creep up, you know, this is what we're looking for. Uh, the power. Mm-hmm. um OPS, it's uh, OPS at 990 right now. So uh, early, these stats will obviously adjust, and sure, we'll see some regression. But the power early is a good thing. He had 17 mm-hmm. homers last year with the 217 strikeouts. You know, we might see seven or eight homers by the time we even leave April. So that's uh, a good thing. Right.
2: He could be a 2020 guy this year, you know, easily. That'd be great. You know, 20 homers, that. 20 steals, yeah.
1: Yep. I love that. That's you know, that's that would look good on not my team. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not easy exactly to come yeah. by. So uh <laughs> well twenty and,
2: steals might be a little ambitious on my part,
1: but yeah, twelve still, last season, so still, yeah, yeah. Uh Jose yeah. Abreu last night he uh total yeah, so he did not hit a homer, but a two for five. With a couple of ribbies. Uh, Yonder Alonso, one for five with an RBI. So uh, just kind of trolling around these uh, box scores last night to keep you updated. George Springer, he's two for three last night. A couple of walks, and RBI. Al Tuve, two for five. He's hitting 316 on the season. Three RBIs for him. My boy Alex Bregman, yard work, two for five with a run. Uh, Did he? Yeah, Homer Bregman. Where am I? I think he hit a home yeah, run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, 2 for 5. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh with that solo homer. He's hitting 295 on the season. Your guy who you you've mentioned before, Michael Brantley. He's 1 for 4 mm-hmm, last mm-hmm. night with a run scored. So they put up yep. 7 runs uh last night on the unfortunate uh, Drew Smiley. God, this guy, I, mean, I feel like Drew Smiley's been around for my entire life. I, I don't know why he's that kind of guy to me, but he is. He's only 29, but I feel like he's been around mm-hmm. forever. So he takes the loss, gave up four earned runs in three and two-thirds. Justin Verlander threw seven strong last night. You mentioned him earlier in the show. Eight strikeouts, mm-hmm. three walks, three hits yeah. in seven innings. So big outing for Verlander. He's 3-0 oh on the year. Yeah. Uh, And uh, it just it's amazing how he kind of
2: rejuvenated once he got traded to the uh, the Astros, because when he was with the Tigers, I mean, he obviously put together some tremendous seasons. But it looked like he was his career was on the downturn. And I I don't know if it's, uh, you know, uh, kudos to. The Astros, you know, uh, and, and maybe he, I'd have to take a look at his stats and take a look to see if he made some changes in the type of pitches he throws, but he's just been insane since then. Uh, pitched some uh, tremendous games in the playoffs against our uh, Yankees and stuff. And in that game also, Altuve hit his eighth home run. Yeah, you know, I was watching. Uh, you know, uh clips of this game. I didn't realize how jacked <laughs> Altuve is. And I've I've watched him play in the past too. But you know, he's a little guy, but you know, I yeah. guess he was wearing like a, a short sleeve shirt. He's he's got some uh he's got some uh, some biceps
1: there. Tickets yeah. to the gun show? Uh, for Altuve. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh yeah, great player. <laughs> Just like a freakishly talented baseball player. Doesn't matter that he's short. Yeah. Like, he's a freakishly talented Absolutely, baseball yeah. player and does have power. He had some issues sure.
2: with injuries last year, but uh, he's healthy and uh, he's
1: playing like an MVP. Yeah. Um, you mentioned him early in the show really briefly, but uh, switching over to the Mets Cardinals. Mets get the W 5-4 uh, to four despite the horrendous DeGrom news. They moved to 11-8 and eight on the season, but Pete Alonso hit another home run last night. Yeah. Uh, his seventh of the year. And he's got 18 RBIs already, and yep. just kind of came out of nowhere. Talk about like a fantasy asset, at least for this first month. He's already wildly exceeded expectations.
2: Yeah, and kudos to the Mets for not being one of those teams that keeps their star players down in order to you know keep as much control, as many users of control as they can. Yeah. But what you looking with did this that guy? This year too,
1: they brought a bunch of guys up that with Tatis.
2: Yeah, Tatis yeah. hit his sixth home run last night as well. But you look at just like the, the deep metrics, you know, his hard hit rate uh, Alonso uh 54.3. Uh, you mentioned the uh the high batting average, you know, 333, the seven home runs, the 18 uh, runs batted in. Uh, you you know, I was aware of him and and uh, you know, and I was a and I was high on him. I, unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to draft him. Someone beat me to him in every were well, your expectations and, for I think, him. I thought that he would uh, definitely uh, go 25 home runs at least uh, I wasn't hundred uh, percent sure about the batting average and it still might level off uh, I mean his BABIP right now is at 410 so that uh, you know that might indicate that, that he has maybe a little regression coming but you know you look at his minor league numbers and you do pause a little bit because the, he played in the the uh, PCL which is known for uh, you know a, a high uh, offensive averages. numbers so yeah. yeah exactly yeah but uh i'm not shocked with the home runs i'm a little surprised with the the high batting average though but uh, when, hey, you
1: for, know when you say the Babbitt is 410 where do you expect it to mm-hmm. be where do you expect it to level well, the, off at the league average is 300. Looking at his uh,
2: career minor league numbers, they're you know about between 330 and like the 360. So the 410 yeah. is is probably a little bit higher so than life. you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll yeah. see. I mean, Cano, but that doesn't mean he can't bat like 280, I mean, which would be fine. Right. 280 and 25 home runs? Uh, probably I mean, 30 at this point?
1: <laughs> the Mets, you the know? Mets would sign up for that in a second. It, sure. He's already got seven homers. If he ends up with 30 homers and he hits 280, yeah. I think they'd be thrilled with that. Uh, you mentioned McNeil earlier. He's hitting 391, even though he went over for 5 last night. Robbie Cano, 3 for 5 last night. So uh maybe pulling out of a what has been a pretty bad slump. He's only hitting two eighteen on the season. Michael Conforto over two last night, but he drew three walks. His OPS over a thousand, hitting three fifteen. You know, you just start going through it. The Mets are doing a pretty good job right now. They're eleven and eight. They're treading water. This DeGrom News is terrible, but um, you know, Jason Vargas who threw last night, he only threw four innings and went sort of opener roll here. How many pitches did Vargas throw 75 pitches and 75 four yeah. mm-hmm. a lot but um he only gives up the one earned run the the win goes to Seth Lugo who came in and pitched the fifth and sixth innings Familia with a whole Gazelman with a whole Diaz his seventh save on the year I drafted her mm-hmm. Chapman I think I was the first guy to draft a closer in our league and I drafted him over Diaz did I make a huge mistake or what do you think? No, no, no. Uh, the
2: only you you couldn't see this coming. You know, hopefully the the injuries will subside with the Yankees and they can start playing the way that they normally would. But uh,
1: Chapman will be fine. He'll get you his uh, thirty saves or so. Hey, My one assumption to mention was real that real the quick... Yankees would have more opportunities to win games than the Mets. Right? Exactly. So no, no. I'd rather have the closer. It was a good assumption. He's going to win more. Yeah. So go ahead. One yep. more thing you said.
2: And real, real quick, uh, Jose Martinez uh, playing right field for the Cardinals. This guy could just hit. Unfortunately, he doesn't field very well. But with uh, Tyler O'Neill on the DL, Harrison Bader on the DL, he's going to be in their lineup. So the guy could hit. Just keep uh, keep an eye on Jose Martinez. We'll come up, wrap up the
1: show after this. Adam Wainwright took the loss last night at St. Louis. So we'll come right back. We'll talk about everything else going on this weekend. Get it done it's like studio 54 we, we we broadcast out of studio 34 but sean angle's trying to turn it into studio 54 uh old school disco for you on a you saturday you got the morning. disco so, ball
2: hanging from the ceiling in your uh, yeah, home studio there
1: absolutely yeah <laughs> why would i do anything else <laughs> how about my man herman marquez Yeah, he him, pitched uh, well the other night, right? Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, he gave up, he gave up I, a ton of hits last a night. Lot of people, he didn't get a W, but he's uh, five innings pitched last night, gave up 10 hits, not involved in the decision, but he's been off to a good start. Yeah, a lot of people high on him. I I, I don't know, for some reason I, uh, I
2: faded him, but uh, maybe I was wrong. <laughs> uh, five starts, what, 2.25 ERA? Hell yeah. Not giving up too many walks, 2.3 walks per nine. Yeah. You have him in our I'll pit, league. I do. You have him in the fantasy pit? Okay. I do. we so, uh, yeah we'll, do. We'll, we'll He's pack- been saving yeah, my bacon because the the sale has
1: been terrible. <laughs> yeah, you want Marquez and Moncada? I get it. Uh, everybody everybody does. <laughs> Tyler Glasnow and Marquez have been saving my ass in the first yeah, month yeah. of the season um, because sale has been terrible. But uh Anyway. So that's where we're at right now. Yeah, I mean, just looking at their Hey, in that league, I year. lost Trey Turner, so I don't want to hear it, Oof. okay? Oof. <laughs> Sale is pitching to an 8.5 ERA right now. Yeah. Chapman's only got three saves. But Marquez has 30 strikeouts and 2.25 ERA. Mm-hmm. And Glasnow has a 1.13 RA and 24 strikeouts. I mean, they've been great. So, think about that trade Shane that the Rays made. They got Glass
2: now. they got Austin Meadows back. Yeah. You know, from uh, I mean, I know that uh Archers been was that pitching for? pretty well, Archer, right? Yeah, yeah. But he's been I pitching like Archer. well. As, I've never too. understood yeah, why yeah. he
1: couldn't put it all together. Can, like long-term put it all together. Right, but right, right. I still like him. I I'm still like a believer in general. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh the Phillies uh lost 4-3 in 12 innings last night they had 17 hits. They five scored of them 3 your, runs. Uh, yeah,
2: 5 three right. from
1: Harper, right? Yeah. And Bryce's Bryce Harper's first ever 5-hit game. He went 5 yep. for 7 last night with, with an RBI. How many did they leave on base? Oh, guess the number. How many they left on base? Oh my god. On 17 hits? Uh I don't know, maybe
2: well, they see this. They only scored wow. So I'm going to say 7 or 8.
1: How about 8? I say left 8. No, they left nineteen men on base last night. What? Oh my 19 god! Nineteen men on base. They six <laughs> walks, and the seventeen hits. They only scored the three runs. So, they left nineteen men on base in the twelve inning game, which is why they lost. And it ended. And they took the lead in the top of the twelfth. And then Charlie Blackman hit a walk off two run bomb, uh, and they went the nuts. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah, really cool. You're right. His first home run of the year. I'm a big Blackman. Mm-hmm guy but uh it took him a while to get off the schneid two for five last night he gets the two rbis on the walk-off home run he's been off to a slow start as you said it's his first homer he's hitting only 232 but again all the it Rockies is early bats. yeah yes yeah I was Arenado gonna say all well, the Rocky hitting...
2: bats yeah. yeah
1: yeah I'm sorry go ahead, go ahead. Yeah.
2: but just no, no, just no, no, in it's terms fault. of it's my fault yeah 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 no, no, no. Uh, but just in terms of uh, the the entire Rockies team, I mean, I was looking at their team numbers uh, going into last night, I think they were batting 230. When, when have you ever seen that? And I think their uh, slugging percentage was in the 300s. Then I looked at their schedule. I believe that uh, the majority of their games uh, were... Road games. So this this road home split in Colorado is real, and especially real when it comes to Blackman as well. So uh, they've also had the injuries. You know, Daniel Murphy on the DL. David Dahl was on the DL. Uh, McMahon, Ryan McMahon was on he the DL. DL came five back, had two night, home so runs. Back. Yeah, he had two yeah. home runs the night before, too. So things are looking up for the Rockies. But that th- th- I think that that's part of the whole situation is them starting uh, the year with uh, a majority of games playing on the road. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, Arenado 0 for 5 last night down to 247. They used almost the entire roster last night. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 players they used last night. And uh, a lot of zeros up there. So they still, Mm. in the 12 12 innings, only had eight hits. So uh, drew a few walks as well. But, you know, they're as you said, I, I think they'll turn it around at some point. They're eight and twelve mm-hmm. on the season so far. Played a lot of road games, so maybe being back in the uh, friendly mile high ballpark will help them out. So, mm-hmm. uh, last game we'll get to probably for on the day will be Mariners Angels. Mariners take the W, five and three. Mariners are fifteen and eight. What's the deal? You believe her or what?
2: Uh, um, their starting pitching is is questionable. But uh, this the start with the uh, with the offense. I think their offense. I mean, look at Domingo Santana. Uh, two years ago, uh, hit thirty home runs, uh, stole a bunch of bases. So uh, yeah, the fact that he's doing well uh, isn't surprising. D Gordon's always been a good uh, hitter. Uh, you know, I love Mitch Haniger. Uh, you know, uh, Bruce has been hitting a bunch of home runs, but batting on the two hundred. But uh, I, I think that once he levels off, you know, he's a lifetime two forty something hitter. So uh, you know, he he's going to level off in terms of his batting average but you know he has a potential of 30 uh, 30 home runs and this guy Daniel Vogelback who uh, they had moved up and down from their minor league system it looks like he's finally right now.
1: yeah it looks like he's finally put together I think uh, he hit a home run last night as well if I'm not mistaken right 1367 OPS. he did uh, yeah. <laughs> Beckham hit a home run Vogelback hit a home run mm-hmm. and Bruce hit a home run. Uh, I don't think they're this good. To Jay like Bruce, the fifteen and yeah.
2: eight, they've kind of like yeah, yeah. you know
1: faded a little bit, but they could be like a you know,
2: A five, mm, probably not. You know, I, I I think that maybe I could picture them maybe uh, an eighty four win team. You know, just just slightly
1: Fair. over five hundred. So off to a good start here for them. On the flip mm-hmm. side, Mike Trout one for four, two ribbies. He hits a home run, two run homer for Mike Trout, his sixth of the year. Uh, I remember reading an article earlier this week, like, uh, when do you consider stats to be real and not phony, inflated early Mm -hmm. April stats? And the line was, the punchline was, when Mike Trout is first in war, and he was first (laughs) in war like 10 days into the season, so... Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. So Mike Trout uh, obviously continues to produce. I have Andrelton Simmons on our fantasy team, and he isn't a guy that I expect a lot out of, but he's been on fire this week. Uh, I was just looking at the stats. The last seven days, Andrelton Simmons, yeah, hitting 321, so 9 of 28. You just don't get a lot of run production out of him. He scored three runs and four ribbies, but he's really like my third string shortstop. So, mm-hmm. uh, I just have him there for some at bats because I'm going to struggle at at true shortstop because I'm Jerks and ProFar, has been a mess um uh, mm-hmm. for the last. Yeah, he's
2: been hot and cold. It's so. been a, a little bit warm yeah. uh yeah, he started off the season real real cold, right? If I'm not mistaken. ProFar? He
1: he was okay early the last mm-hmm. but on the season he's hitting 190. So, right. that's. Hey, keep I mean, it. I can't keep in mind. I can Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: I was going to say, keep in mind in our, in our league, and this you know for our listeners, you know know your your league rules too. Keep in mind, and I'm sure you know this, Mike. We can make daily uh, moves in terms of uh, I free do it all agents, time. right? Yeah. Right. And also just even just changing your lineup too. So uh, you know, if let's say uh, Simmons has a, a particularly good matchup, get him in there. And you know what he's yeah. not going to kill you over his career. If you look, he's, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, last year 11 home runs, on 10 stolen bases, the 2.92 batting average for his career is batting 2.68. So, it's much better baseball player than he is a fantasy asset,
1: but yes,
2: um, yes. Yes. But In deeper leagues, time, yes, I'm, a little bit. Yeah. yeah.
1: Right, right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, who's also just been a mess and I know I'm talking about my team, but it's relatable. That's fine, it's that's fine. Eric Eric Hosmer. Mm. I just li- I liked Hosmer where I got him because I just thought that the addition of Machado would put him in a better position to like snap out of the funk that he had last year. But he's hitting 184 mm-hmm. right now. Granted, we we don't even have 100 at bats into the year, but right. he's got one homer. He's hitting 184. That's not. Who Eric Hosmer is like he should be a Correct. legitimate, at least a two eighty five type hitter with some mm-hmm. decent power. Nothing crazy. Yeah. Like that's that's who Hosmer is. And he's getting right. paid a ton. But I just thought the addition, some of the additions that they made to the lineup, whether it's Tatis or Machado, whomever else they've added, I just thought it would help Hosmer. Verizon tide lifts all boats kind of thing.
2: Right right. Uh yeah, like you mentioned, I mean for his career he's hit for average and probably more like what an 18 to low 20s kind of home run yeah. guy. What I what I found yeah. interesting about him in in the preseason when I was looking up his stats, he actually, you know, Petco Park isn't uh, thought of as a, a hitters park, park but you know what he he batted 284 at home and 223 on the road which is kind of kind of yeah. odd but you're right yeah, you know that whole <laughs> that whole Padres team seems to have uh, gotten a little bit of a boost from having uh Machado there the Machado effect right
1: yeah yeah, yeah. you would think it, it would continue to help last night <laughs> Maybe not our brightest example, but they, they lose the game in extra innings three to two. <laughs> uh, not a lot of production there, but Tatis goes one for three. He scored both runs for the Padres. Drew a couple of walks as well, hitting two ninety-six early in the season. Machado, uh, two for five last night. Uh, Hosmer, 0 for five, again, down to .184. Um, as far as pitching was concerned, <clears throat> we had some good outings there, actually. Matt Strom, yeah, Matt threw Strom, strong through eight strong innings last night. His ERA is down to three hundred five. Uh, only gave up the one earned run and five strikeouts. Uh, I feel like we we call, we we talked about Anthony DiSclofani. Uh, uh, too much on, on this network, but I always hear him mentioned. Maybe not us, <laughs> but I felt like he's been mentioned the last couple of years. Uh, maybe it's because we have a lot of Italian-American hosts. <laughs> <And> Anthony <laughs> DiSclefani is such a strong... Hey, Anthony! Name, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Tony. Uh, six six innings pitched. He gave a, a run last night, but uh, the decisions all went to the relievers. Stamen takes the loss, and Lorenzen gets a save with the win going to... Jared Hughes, so um, not a lot of stats in that game at all, just uh, a long, uh, an extra inning 3-2 game. So that's it kind of for the box scores. Anybody in there, Reds, Padres, that you want to highlight uh, there? We, we kind of picked on the Padres a little bit, but uh, Yasel Puig is not doing much early in the season. Uh, he's only 183 right now, but a uh, long way to go and, and a new ballpark and a new team for him. You're looking, what, at the uh, Dodgers-Brewers? Yoss, no, Yasiel Puig about, uh, in Cincinnati. Like, his transition to Cincinnati, oh, Cincinnati. has been Oh, yeah, start, yeah, yeah.
2: What the heck am I thinking of? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Puig is, he's, you know, uh, let me tell you my, just a, a brief history. I mean, I, I picked him up when he first came up. You know, he had a, a, a good pedigree. But the guy just seems to get in his own way, <laughs> you know, a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's got why the Dodgers mega traded him. talent. Exactly, exactly. Uh, the Dodger guy that I that I like, and I know I'm going off uh, here, is take a look at this Alex Verdugo, who was one for three last night, batting 362. He's a guy that uh, could see see more bats. But uh, Puig, he's a guy that a, a lot of people were thinking that he'd get a big boost from his move to a very hitter-friendly park in, in Cincinnati. I didn't buy it that much because, I, like I said, I mean, it, it's just the – his own mind his own uh, you know he just he like i said he just can't seem to get out of his own way
1: yeah so that's it um uh, take some other guys that i could uh highlight uh from my squad <clears throat> Reese Hos- Hoskins has cooled off a little bit mhm um i mean he started off great he had the five homers early this past week no homers Hitting 222, so last seven days, for Reese Hoskins not the best. Makata, as you mentioned, is on fire. Uh, Simmons is better. Cody Bellinger um, oh. <laughs> has been had, has had a good week, two homers and um, hitting 444 this week. But on the season, look, Cody Bellinger is everything I wanted. Adam, he's already got 10 homers and he's hitting 423. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he available uh, in the
2: outfield and first base? Cause I know that uh, yes. Yahoo is pretty, yeah. So that's, that's a, a big boost as well. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean uh, that whole uh, Dodgers team, I, for, for some reason I've, I've, I guess it's because Kershaw was there and, and whatnot, but uh, you think of them as like more of a hitting, uh, I mean, a pitcher, pitching team, but last year they were second overall in home runs uh, yep. as of, Yesterday morning, they were second overall in home runs in the league. So they got a lot of boppers
1: on that team. No doubt. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, <clears throat> I I like where my team is at right now. I, I think I'm going to have bigger pitching challenges than I'm going to have hitting challenges. But if Kyle Hendricks and Herman Marquez and Tyler Glasnow keep uh, getting it done, I'm going to be in good shape. Uh, and, and you would think Chris Sale – comes back to uh, reality at some point in a positive way mm-hmm. for me. He's either going to go the on the side. IL
2: or he's going to pitch better. That's, that's right. That's simple, right?
1: That's right. They're going to give him some sort of a break if he his next mm-hmm. outing is a bad one. They'll like give him a break um, and put him on the ten day IL just give him a rest of some sort. Hopefully, just the ten days. Uh, how about yourself? How about your team? Uh, the team, the league that we're competing in. Who's the guy mm-hmm. that has been a, a, a boom and who's been a bust so far?
2: Well, so far, Aaron Nola's been a bust. If you look at his numbers, uh, they've been pretty poor. He pitches today, so uh, we'll see. Unfortunately, it's at Colorado, so uh, we'll see, yeah. Uh, uh, In terms of a a, a boom, uh, Tim Anderson's been going off. I know that he's got a potty mouth. Yeah, he has. In more (laughs) ways than one. Yeah, but you you look at his numbers, and, you know, when I drafted him, uh, you know, I expected maybe, like, uh, two fifty, two sixty batting average, but the potential for twenty home runs and twenty stolen bases is what uh, attracted me to him. Uh, he had me at hello, and uh, so far he's doing well. I mean, and, uh, obviously, uh, Chris Davis just keeps on just hitting dingers, man. And he got that little extension from the A's, so
1: it's not it's so seen. little. It's a nice extension. You don't see the A's paying yeah, yeah. money too often, but right, good for right. him. Guy hits two forty-seven you know. every year, and he made him thirty-four <laughs> f- million dollars. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the the forty he's locked for forty home runs
2: every year. Yeah, and it's, you and you look at it. him, and he's a little guy.
1: He's another little guy that just uh, yeah. Like he goes to show that if you can do if if you can do one thing in a proven fashion in any sport really, you got a job for a long time. Yeah, yeah. What he does, he happens to be really good at this one thing. So, thanks for listening this morning, everybody. You'll next see me live for NFL draft coverage, and I'll be back here next Saturday with Joe Galena. So up next is George Kurtz and Cam Stewart for the Weekend Fantasy Update Show. Great to talk to you as always. Talk to you again A lot soon. of fun. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yep.